Hi, my name is Dexter Thomas, and this is You Better Ask Somebody. So, everyone wants to know what the next hip neighborhood is. Downtown LA is too expensive, Echo Park's getting crowded, and let's face it, Silver Lake's been played out for years. It's like fashion. Once everyone discovers a place, it's time to move on to something new. So, a lot of times, when word gets out about a new unexplored part of town, we get excited about those new opportunities. We hear about that hip new coffee shop, that new art gallery, that new Whole Foods that's open up right around the corner that's going to make your newly adopted neighborhood so much more convenient and so much more welcoming. But what we don't hear about is the people that live there first. So I want to introduce you to Erica Zora Wrightson, who spoke with Daniel Paredes. And he's got a story that you don't hear often. This is a story of a neighborhood that you might not have heard about. It's a story of being pushed out of your own neighborhood and what it's like to come back and feel like an outsider in your own home. But this is also a story about frogs. A lot of frogs. Let's listen. My name is Daniel Paredes. I was born in Los Angeles in Lincoln Hospital in, I believe, East LA. It no longer exists. I was raised here in Frogtown. My parents met there. But my mom's parents had actually lived there for quite a little bit, but they didn't like it. And so they went back to Mexico, and then their kids started coming. It feels like a small pueblo sometimes, especially because of St. Anne's, the central church. It feels like a little interconnected town within this huge city, so you can still feel part of this little interconnected town but go to like these huge parks where I spent a lot of time in park growing up. I spent a lot of time in Legion Park growing up. Um, you know, there's Highland Park, which has Debs Park, which is not too far. Um, the river itself is really great. Like it just adds a character to the neighborhood where, you know, at night you hear the river flowing if you go down. And then you have the mountains right alongside you. And, you know, even the five freeway, which kind of like demolished a good amount of our neighborhood and really changed it because there used to be like main corridors of business that those freeways kind of, you know, displaced. Um, even that now is like part of our character where it's like, yeah, you're between the LA River and the five freeways. So you feel like you're still kind of like in this town setting, but you're right over there with the city. Frogtown is named because of the actually Western toads that would sweep into the streets. I remember that, like growing up, seeing the, the toads just covering the streets and you couldn't really like even drive down the street without like hitting toads. It was a little more dangerous, so my parents didn't like for me to go to the river, but I would. Like I would go down and we would collect crayfish or sometimes tadpoles and raise tadpoles and just spend some time there. Or just kind of like growing, going around to like the industrial parts because they were already starting to become abandoned. <laughs> so, you know, it used to be that those factories all provided jobs to a lot of the Latinos. The whole neighborhood actually used to have a lot of people from the town my parents are from, San Martin Hidalgo in Jalisco. It's really close to Guadalajara. The church actually, the church in our neighborhood, which my sister currently works at, brings the saint still from the town. And then they like bring it into people's houses. So growing up, I remember that being part of it too. Like the church really brought together a lot of the people from that town. Um, and they would all come together there at the church like every Sunday. So it was, it was a lot of like that. Um, they used to call it, they called it uh, the embassy. I don't know if they still do, 
but it was known as La Embajada in Spanish, the embassy, because people from the Pueblo would come to Frogtown, try to find work in those factories. If not, they'd go to like South LA or farther north towards like Santa Ana, looking for agricultural stuff. 2003-2004 really was like a pivotal point and people were noticing that like neighbors that had lived there their whole lives were now starting to get sometimes kicked out. It was already hard the first time we got this place. It was, it was because the landlord had passed away and his kids wanted to sell the house. So we were in negotiations to buy it, but because like my dad had invested so much into the house and we knew what was wrong with the house and like we're like we don't want to pay this much it was in like the midst of the bubble the housing bubble and so they basically at one point were like you know we're kind of done negotiating with you guys we sold the house um and so the new owners started approaching all the tenants the four tenants and basically started asking them to sign like to voluntary leave and they would pay them an amount, and we all said, well, my family, like, since we already knew about, you know, tenants' rights and, and uh, rent control, we knew that if we just waited, if we had all waited together, it would have been very hard for them, the new owners, to move us all out. But they got them all to sign, and, you know, they were immigrants too, they didn't really want to, like, trouble, so we were the only ones that were like, no, we're going to wait, <laughs> and you have to evict us. And so they used the excuse of, we're going to move in family which makes it like an easier process. And they, I don't think they ever moved in family because right after we left, they like renovated the whole thing and then they hired like a third party tenant um, group to bring in new tenants. Like, I don't know, it might've just been their friends with like the face of a third party. <laughs> but those people were the ones that like brought in all new tenants and they were all white um, where it had just been all like immigrant families. So. That, that was that very much marked like our first kind of like traumatic experience with what was happening and the change that was happening. So the first time I finally got this place, we were able to find housing pretty easily. We went to Churchside. This, then we, we moved into a house that was like a family friend. They actually recently took back the house so they could move back in as a family. Um, but now that we had to look for another house, it was really hard to find something within our price range, even with like three working people. I mean, I just remember being back one weekend or summer and just looking around like, uh, it used to be Savon's, not CVS, where now they're building the Whole Foods. It used to be a Rouse, now they're building the Whole Foods. I was in that store and I just kind of remember looking around at all the customers and I was like, this doesn't feel like my neighborhood anymore, <laughs> and it really didn't. I think some of it might have been kind of like what happened in like on our street, like where like you get new owners and they bring in all white tenants, and it was kind of like a like oh, is this where our neighborhood is going? So are we undesirable? You know, that's kind of the feeling we were getting. It's like. Like, uh, sometimes too, when you would, and I've gotten this a lot, <laughs> even in my own neighborhood, and especially in Silver Lake, where I did spend a lot of time growing up, um, like, sometimes people look at you, and like, 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 as an outsider, or like, the people, because I still hang out with some of my friends from when I grew up, and so sometimes I'm with them, and I feel like I get a kind of look of like, 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 what are you doing here, kind of thing.
a lot of the freeways went right through poor neighborhoods and today we see a lot higher asthma rates and things like that so we also have environmental concerns and it isn't always about like making our river a playground but a lot of the focus was about like the green environment and sometimes it feels like things that are green don't really take into con uh, into concern things that people of color might be concerned about um, or they don't take into into account what people of color might be concerned about I think a vision for Frogtown that I would have would be being able to somehow reuse that industrial that strip of industrial land right along the river to maintain some of like the the jobs that were there before. So instead of converting them all to lofts and condos, why not kind of preserve, because there is this good amount of artist manufacturing and like that kind of thing going on there, um, which is even when I first saw the artist condos coming in, one of the things I remember asking um, during one of the neighbor council meetings was like, can some of our youth become apprentices for the artists that are here or moving in or how could we connect them? More than anything, I just want like equity to be part of the conversation along the entire way, because especially um, growing up next to Dodger Stadium, you know, and having this like dark history of Chavez Ravine and progress in the name of progress or in the name of becoming a world-class city and all these communities kind of being buried for it and sometimes literally being buried for it. Um, it just makes you feel that, that a good place for Frogtown would be that it could serve as a mall almost. You know, yeah, it's true, like, we're not going to get everything we want, but some things I think would be really important would be, like, affordable housing. You know, like, there was so much loss of affordability in that neighborhood, and now there's a bunch of residents who can't afford to live there. Where are they going to move? And there it is. Thanks to Daniel Paredes for sharing his story. And special thanks to Erica Zora Wrightson for the interview and for the audio production. Hey, I'm just a messenger. This has been You Better Ask Somebody, which is a podcast about just that. Getting a new angle on the world by talking to somebody who knows about it. So if there's something that's on your mind, or there's someone you'd like to hear from, let me know. I'm on Twitter at DexDigi. That's D-E-X-D-I-G-I. Catch you next time.